HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market. Learn more at FairwayMarket.com. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, on this half-hour journey through culinary history. And today's subject on our show is something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's liquid gold. Liquid gold. It's a substance that's been around for millennia. In fact, over 3 million tons of it were produced in this past year alone. It can sanctify sinners, soothe chapped hands, light our lamps, and it makes food taste so good. What am I talking about? Olive oil. Olive oil, that wonderful, wonderful, unctuous, golden liquid that we fry in, that we make salad dressings with, that we douse our our wonderful chopped tomatoes and cheeses with. Sometimes we can just drink it from a cup. It is good. And with me today is Tony DeMarco. Tony, who with his son Peter, imports olive oils from primarily Spain and Portugal and supplies them to stores such as, well, to Fairway, where you can find his uh, his oils at the Fairway Market. And Tony also writes and researches the history surrounding this wonderful, wonderful liquid. Welcome, Tony. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell me, you know, there is so much history surrounding the olive, olive trees, olive branches, olive oil. Where did it all start? Well, I guess I would have to go back about um, 20 million years ago. Well, really. we, we, maybe we could fast forward a little bit. <laughs> well, um, you know, there's goes back to the Roman Empire, to the Greeks, to the Phoenicians, uh, the Arabs. Uh, just uh, it's part of the whole Mediterranean basin culture. Um, the civilization as we know it, actually Western civilization as we know it, probably could not have existed had not the uh, the farmers uh, back in those days uh, decided to uh, add this substance to their diet 
and grow trees because what what that did was uh, it it made them it made people stay in one place mm-hmm. uh, because they had to tend trees for long periods of time rather than uh, farming with grains where you know you could plant a field and you know it, it was a temporary more of a temporary thing and uh, as as the olive oil culture um, expanded from uh, places like uh, Syria and Turkey, where it's many people think it began there, right. um, it just uh, trade just ex- exploded uh, it, with this substance, olive oil and wine, um, and that's how the uh, cultures interacted uh, th- throughout the ages as as uh, our Western civilization was growing. Right. Well, certainly in in the um, in Mesopotamia, we know in the Fertile Crescent, there you know wheat was as you mentioned was a very important crop. And, yes. And and olive trees were you know were not far behind. Yes. Um, but yes. the olives, we don't really have um, that much evidence of of the olive oil being used for human consumption. Um, well, let's say as early as we do being used for other purposes. Correct. Right? Um, the the first one of the first mentions of it, um, in actually in some of the Egyptian pyramids, um, there's uh, evidence of, of amphorae, you know, in in mixed in with the hieroglyphics on the on the sides of the insides of the uh, pyramids. Um, but the Egyptians used it primarily as as part of a makeup and as uh, a, a, and a substance that they could put on their skin to protect their skin, mm-hmm. and and it didn't really it, they didn't use it as something that they could consume. Right, and anointing it, it had religious connotations for you know for thousands and thousands yes, of years. As yes, yes, well, right? yes. I mean the the Bible mentions olive oil. So many. I got so much research from from the Bible. Um, it's just you know hundreds of times mentioned in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know get messages from God telling um, the Jews in Egypt that uh, the, as they were wandering, you know how to make uh, the the their anointing oil for their priests, and when they before they had the the uh, temples, they were as they were wandering. There, the Ark of the Covenant was in tents, in a tent that they took down and moved all around with them. And uh, there's actually a passage in the Bible that's God telling uh, the the Jews how to make their anointing substance for uh, their priests who had to have, be anointed with it, and they and anointing also parts of the tent and mm-hmm. all of the relics that were in there. Um, and it was a, a very deep part of their religious service uh, services, and olive oil was the main ingredient, along with some other spices. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, you did you you mentioned in some of your uh, writings that uh, one of the formulas that all the yes yes spices it went. yes. Um, and of course, we know about the the oil being used for lighting lamps and of the course. history back there. Yes, that. the Hanukkah, Hanukkah. You know, Hanukkah is based on that miracle, right? You know, of the oil lasting for a long time, and, and it's just such a deep part of the the whole, you know, experience of the Judeo Christian and and Western civilization. That's just right. You so, can't imagine. I can't imagine any of this happening without that substance right so we fast forward um maybe 
I don't know, 10,000 years uh-huh. or so. <laughs> um, but the, um, the, the evidence we see on the cuneiform tablets, for instance, yes. and, and, in, and as you mentioned, in, in some of the relics, the, the amphora that, are, that exist, and, mm-hmm. and the patoi, the, the barrels, the old yes. you know, ceramic wine barrels, mm-hmm. um, this is when we start seeing evidence of human consumption. Yes, and, and trade. Um, We're talking maybe 2500 B.C. Or yes, maybe, you know. yeah, actually even before that, yeah. probably uh, maybe 4000 B.C., mm-hmm. um, but you know, it just was a, a con- it was a, a substance that um, got you know very very had a very important place in in the diet. It began to have a very important place in the diet of those people because it's a olive oil, as you probably know, is a very calorie dense uh, substance, and it was just a huge part of their diet. And mm-hmm. it they they um, the ancients knew that this was a health bringing product also and they you know they didn't have x-rays or antibiotics or you know anything like that but yet these civilizations just kept growing and growing and growing and one of the questions i ask in my writing is how was it that roman soldiers could move like 40 or 50 miles in a day with a pack and their armor and everything on them. And no dehydrated Ex- foods that we know of. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. And But because they were carrying olive oil with them and they had their Pecorino Romano cheese and they had some oranges and they, you know, had some other, you know, uh, foods that would stay for a long time. And that's one of the things that made the Roman Empire pardon the expression, it greased the wheels of the, of the Roman Empire. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Well, I, I mentioned in my, uh, in my introduction to you that, that over three, mil, three million tons of olive oil mm-hmm. has been produced this past year alone. Yes. Uh, amazing. So, so the, and the production techniques, this was not an easy substance to produce. No, it's not. Um, I mean, it's not now, but it, and, and, and even way back now, then, yeah, even you way back then, you gotta have your stuff together to really do it right. Yeah, and that was—it's yeah. a long process. So, when, yes. as you said, they planted trees so they stay put in an area yes. where the trees were growing. Well, they also had to stay put in an area because they had to 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 produce this oil. Which, exactly. Which talk about that a little bit? Well, the production techniques. Well, it it, it um, goes back to um, the starting of it was basically people crushing the the olive uh which originally was a wild like a weed and and they would crush it and and put hot water on it on the on the the mix mm-hmm. and then that what the water would do would the the oil would float on top of the water and that's how they would separate it uh they then moved on to stone presses um there's also um th- there's uh, some great um art in the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, there's an ancient Greek vase that shows a Greek uh, spike press, which is a large, um, uh, like a giant limb, and there's a person hanging on one end of the limb. And <laughs> the counterweight. Sque- yeah, there's just, and they're squeezing this gigantic um, uh, burlap type bat sack of of the the olive must and and to get the oil out of it so there's and now in the modern days we're up to gigantic centrifuges if you buy the right stuff it should never be you know uh produced with a chemical then there's a lot of that out there so you have to be really careful but yeah. well and, and and even so even from those early um 
Egyptian and Greek times. I mean, it, the production didn't change until well, till the later Roman period, right? Around, Correct. Uh, around seven, maybe seventy. Well, we don't exactly know when the that the the um, upright stone press was um, invented. We, you know, there's we have evidence of it from Pompeii, yes, but yes, we don't exactly know when it was yes. first. That the Romans did do something great with uh, having that upright stone press that you know one person or two people could you know wheel around like and it was gi- a perpendic- gi- perpendicular, yeah, perpendicular, but gigantic, huge yes. stone. Yes. That you could, yeah, I, I yeah. would imagine it took some pretty strong people to roll that around. Yes, <laughs> and then of course later they you know hooked the animals to it and and, and rolled it around mm-hmm. also. And really, the production did not change Correct. until. Well, Probably, but, I think it was um, in the 30s or 40s hmm. that things started to slightly change. Well, the and, hydraulic presses. Yes, hydraulic and, presses, and then later going into the mechanical, uh, you know, elect, electric-driven machines mm-hmm. that we have now. If anyone has ever been fortunate enough to, to go to an olive uh, production center and see... The production, it is really something to behold. It is, it is, um, and that's what my son and I were. We all, all last uh, uh, July, we were in uh, Europe, in in Italy, and Spain, and Portugal, visiting the people that we deal with. We, you know, and I think that's one of the things that why you know we do business with the people we do business with because we have personal relationships with people in the mills. And um, we visit with them, we eat with them, we drink with them, and we look at their, you know, at their at their factories, and and their, and we touch their trees and look at their olives. So and, there's got to be a passion involved. <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Those are the only people that we deal with. Interesting. Um, well, I, Tony has brought several different oils with him, and we're, I know we're going to have a chance to to do some oil tasting. And you thought I was joking when I said sometimes you can sip it out of a cup. But if you and again, if you you know when if you go and, and watch um, oil pressing, if you have an opportunity to do that, it's it is so marvelous because these um, this this paste gets mm-hmm. squished. And, yes, and and, yep. and then it just swirls around and around, and it looks so fantastic, mm-hmm. and then drains out. Mm-hmm. And there even some. Production centers still use uh, stones. Yes, right? so, but the centrifuging, yes, centri- as you mentioned, centrifuging is important. Some of our artisanal um, producers do still use. Uh, they have that as a side, kind of a side product that mm-hmm. it, because the production is so low compared to the, you know, the the mechanical, the big machines that they use now. Well, now we know that, um, of course, in the Mediterranean, olive trees, you know, grew beautifully and. And still do, and there's a large production in Italy, in the south of mm-hmm. France, and Spain, and Portugal, and mm-hmm. Greece, and and now all of a sudden we have olive production. Not all of a sudden, but since the the late 1800s in California as well. Correct. Yeah. Okay, how did Correct. that happen? Well, that was um, actually that was the Spaniards really are responsible for that. Um, they and who. Who other than well, the, you Cristoforo know, Colombo, the, perhaps? Well, the, the, the missionaries, actually, the Franciscan yeah. missionaries um, and the Camino Real, um, they, they planted trees as they, uh, you know, Christianized um, Mexico, and they went up through California, and, you know, some of those trees are still around. Well, here again, yeah. the olive branch being so symbolic. Yes, and, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, what, did, what was... What was it that the dove brought to Noah? That's right. When the, the flood was over and the sun started to shine. 
and all of Virginia. Exactly, exactly. It's just so. And Noah knew he could he could live there. Right? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yeah. Park yeah. my boat, and I can I yep. can make a life. Right. We got olives. Yes. We got, what else do we? Need? Yep. Grapes. Yep. No, we need grapes. Yep. <laughs> olives and grapes. Well, um, so so olives came to to California, but and and you know olive oil production began, as well as just oil, yes. just olive olive production. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because I asked you before the show if you knew how much olive oil the U.S. consumed. And it's not U.S. olive oil, but just olive oil in general. Mm-hmm. And you told me how many tons? 300,000 tons this year. It 300,000 tons of yes. olive oil. And yes. that's how much our, our cooking habits and dining habits have changed because since 1964, it's increased what do we figure like out? Like about nine hundred percent. Nine hundred percent, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, just think about it. There. You know, we used to use lard, margarine. Yes. Um. You know, lots of Crisco yeah. and other vegetable oils, and now our mm-hmm. pantries are filled with this wonderful, wonderful liquid gold. After we come back from a short break, we're going to talk about the specific oils, where they come from, and taste a few. I'm Steve Jenkins. I work for Fairway Markets in the New York area, and we're awfully proud to support Heritage Radio, and we care so much about everything that goes on out here at Roberta's and their studio, because they talk to people who are are serious about food, and that's what we are at Fairway, is we're serious about food. We we just care very deeply about about you as a as a customer and how you cook and what you cook with and how you entertain and and that's why we love to support Heritage Radio because it, it it's pretty much the same thing. It's wanting to to find happiness through serious food and people who are serious about it and and care about learning everything there is to learn about it. And that's that's we're kindred spirits. If it's something worth having in your kitchen, you're going to find it at, at Fairway. And if there's somebody worth talking to about food, you're going to find them on 
Heritage Radio, and we will be supporting you guys for a long, long time. At Fairway, I'm your personal grocer, Steve Jenkins, Fairway Market. Okay, we are back with Tony DeMarco, and we are talking about olive oil. Um, and we were talking about uh, the production of olive oil. And, you know, uh, in doing some digging for facts, uh, I was olive oil production came and went, went, you know, it went up, went down. Uh, well, with with wars, with um, mm-hmm. with uh, barbarian invasions, in, right? The north, the north. Yeah. Well, because look, olive olive trees didn't grow in the north. Mm-hmm. They were a butter culture, <laughs> right? A butter right. and lard culture, right. Um, right. and. But also, um, olive oil was not viewed as a subsistence crop. Olive oils, first of all, the trees in area, certain areas were very difficult to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and they were a very expensive, and still are, a very expensive crop to harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to say anything about harvesting the olives? I'm sure you've well, been there at so, harvest time. There's and, so many different ways that it can be done. Um, they, in, in Andalusia, uh, they they have a, a lot of the that's the breadbasket of the olive oil producing world uh they would have go through with big machines with giant kind of like sticks on them that would that Bang revolve the into the trees and then the olives fall down some places just let them fall down naturally um, some are hand picked. It's just all over the and place. And there are purists who, you know, will, will say, "I don't want any sticks touching." Right. right. But it, if you've traveled to any of the olive growing areas around this time of year, actually mm-hmm. um, November, yep. you'll see nets all over the ground. Right. 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 Because they that makes it easy for them to pick them. Right. Up. They just spread the and sometimes they're colorful nets, so they can actually see which areas have nets and which don't. Yep. But they're you know a fine mesh net mm-hmm. spread all over the grounds under the yep. under the trees sometimes the they keep them up off the ground too if so they don't get feet. wet yes yeah. Yeah. and then that way with the trees when they naturally fall or if they just shake the tree a little or bang it with right. a stick um they fall into yes. these into these nets yeah. but not not a cheap i mean a very expensive crop to harvest i mean they are extremely um um i'm gonna say um the word's not coming to me they 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 rot easily yes putrefaction ruins a lot of Correct. olive crops and then there's the olive them. the fly too the olive fly that mm. that can bore in and ruin a whole crop yeah. you have to be really careful and as soon as you think these things are picked they've got to you got to take them to the to it, the mill it right? can't sit around very long yeah so so that that's another thing is how close the trees are to the mill to the mill and what kind of setup the the uh, the miller has to uh, you know to bring them to in the press, because right? there's huge volumes of olives that have to be dealt with very very quickly to make a good oil. Right, uh, and I read someplace that the really good oil, um, and I don't, we're talking virgin first press virgin. Mm-hmm. 25 pounds of olives to one quart. Does that match up with your it, figures it, you have? You know, it depends. Um, it depends on the olive. It depends on the way the 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 um, the production process goes. But it can be about that that kind of yeah. a, I mean, if a you ratio. Would, it, you use a lot of olives to make a small amount of oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 10 pounds for a quart of whatever oil. You know, but, but you, yep, that's not a not far off the base. So let's. Talk about grades of oil mm-hmm. and and the organoleptic properties. I love yes. that word, organoleptic properties. It's a big one. Yeah, meaning what we see, feel, touch. Correct. Right. Taste. Uh, 
taste yes the properties that are that are involved in oils yes. what tell me about the um, the grades of oils and what do they mean well we we primarily deal we only deal with extra virgin olive oil and extra virgin is the first cold pressing Right, but the thing is, all right, cold pressing. Yes. Can we get? When are we going to get away from cold pressing? We don't use well, it, hot it's, heat it, anymore. It's actually it's a it's a it's an important term. Even if because even a, a centrifugal machine, one of the big the big ways that it's produced now, can heat can generate heat mm-hmm. um, in, in the mix, and um, so you want to have a, a it's got, it can't go above a certain temperature to be called. Uh, a, a cold press. A cold press, right. So, so they are, all of our producers are very careful to stay underneath that. The that. olives come in from the fields. They're kind of cold. They're still cold. You don't yep. use any heat from yep. hot water to, Correct. to, to dilute Correct. The, the oils. You want that virgin drop exactly. of cold, fresh oil. Exactly. And actually, our, um, one of our producers um, in Portugal um, actually has a setup where he can refrigerate the mix after it's after it's uh, ground the paste the paste yes and he he actually does has a refrigeration process to to keep it really cold and um, actually I have this here for you the um, Cabasal das Nogueras uh, from Portugal that won the International Olive Oil uh, Council World Prize. Oh, that's wonderful! Last year, so we'll taste. We'll that. We'll taste and, that. Okay. Yes. Well, because and there, and I think. Well, I mean, I'm I'm thinking. I mean, I, I know I'm reading too about the cold pressed, mm-hmm. cold pressed virgin olive. Because after they got this paste, what would they do? They would add hot water. The, the, to it. They could. Yes, they could add. It just depends on like how many different grades they want to go down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it, it the this uh, substance squeezing has, the last drop out of exactly, that exactly, and it has so many uses after the the uh, the stuff that we consume, the good stuff that we consume. Uh-huh. Um, d- it can just do so many. There's one uh, company in Portugal that t- turns turns some of the remains into biofuel. That's great. I was going to say, when are we going to start running our cars with olive oil? Well, yeah, it's I mean, not cook, wouldn't be the cook stuff some pasta would, at the same time on the engine. It, would, it wouldn't be the stuff you would eat. Believe <laughs> no, me, but. no, right. Yeah, I mean that's just that. it. It had it had these uses early in early history. Yes, and it's about time for us to start yes. harnessing some of this. Of course, as yes. again, it's an expensive production process, yes. and let's eat it first. Yes, and you know the the whole thing we really haven't touched on yet too is that all of the health benefits that this brings to you. Right, it's just huge. Um, we initially were you know hooked into that you know olive oil has a good fat. Now they've found you know hundreds of different. There's about 200 uh, chemical compounds inside of olive oil mm-hmm. that do everything from reducing uh, inflammation to you know helping your your arteries work better and feeding your brain it's just the research is just mind-boggling and and the research is ongoing so we can't make too many you know specific medical claims yet but they are in the works mm-hmm. and certainly as um, antioxidant we know the antioxidant yep. properties yes. and and anti-inflammatory properties they're working on it I mean, yep. you can't I mean, well we, actually there's some so studies that have, have that are that are past the, yes uh, the FDA yep, yep, right. Well, you know, the FDA, what, what do you have to do to satisfy them? I know, that's, I know, I know. But we, as you know, radio station, we have to be very careful about what, uh, what we're going to claim. I'll make sure I don't say anything. <laughs> right. Hey, you Even know Even though, look at me, I have people Oops. think I'm 10 years younger than, than I am. Oh, you just smeared it on your face or, <laughs> or do you swallow no, it No, I all, just right? like infuse it into my, I have a, like a little drip that goes <laughs> well, into yeah, my Well, mouth. but at what you say uh, is absolutely correct that... Um, 
it it is a much healthier. I mean, we all know the claims of the Mediterranean diet. Yes, it does have, um, you know, much better properties than any other fats, and yes. certainly it's lubricating those joints somewhere around. Yes, um, in fact, it it has. I mean, it's it's it has a lot of cosmetic value as well. Yes, there's um, you know, they they uh, depending upon the grade, um, it will be you know shipped off to a cosmetic company and mixed with, uh, you know, to make up and you know to put to put on your face or hair whatever. oil, face oil, yes. cuticle yeah. oil. I mean, you know, yes. it's it's mm-hmm. why not? If you ever take you know just try an experiment and just take some regular olive oil and just just rub a little bit on your skin and you you'll see that your skin is just going to shine. And it'll shine for quite a while. Hmm. And that's what, you know, the Egyptians were, that's why they got hooked on it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and all the gods in the, in the games, they would all have to yes. be completely anointed and, and yes. rubbed down with this oil, yeah. right? It helps, too, when you're a mummy. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a preservative. It's a oh. great, you know, it preserves just about everything. Well, I'll try to remember that. But let, <laughs> let's taste some of this wonderful okay. stuff that you brought here. I can't wait. Um, the first thing I want to do is, because we've worked for a very long time on this one, um, this is um, uh, from Baena, which is in Andalusia. So in there's Spain. A, so these are only Spain. Spanish and Portugal yes. wines that yes. you have. Okay. Um, now, at, at being at FBI, Tony told me he was FBI, and I started to take cover, but... <laughs> Full-blooded Italian, correct. So, so, but your but your importing of olive oil, you do no Italian. It's all Spain, C- correct? Not yeah. not uh, Italy has a real problem in that they do not have enough really for their own consumption. consumption. Yeah, and because they don't have the land that Spain does and and Portugal does, so and there's a. I'm sad to say because I'm Italian. There's a lot of fraud in the. I was Italian going to say market. we didn't we didn't touch on that, and there, that was exposed uh, even just recently, a yes. few years back. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. It's Additives of other other nuts, oils, and nut oils and and, and, and chemicals. Uh, and correct, to correct. Extract the oil exactly. And, exactly. and you're getting you know they're they're you know selling it off as extra virgin olive oil. And yep, well, you, you got to be careful. You can, you know, a way to, a little simple way to test it is, is to put it in the fridge. And if it, if it doesn't solidify, because all these, these fats, if they're the right kind of fats, they'll solidify in when they get cold. Mm-hmm. If you put some olive, if you buy cheap olive oil and you put it in the fridge and it doesn't solidify, go, kiss it goodbye. Okay. It's what no about good sometimes you'll find globules in the bottom of a, of a bottle? What the, uh, what, what color? The white ones or just uh, regular I guess colored they, ones? I guess kind of white. Well, know, that, that's from a olive, olive oil that's been cold. And the, if you leave it out, it'll, it'll warm up. It'll warm up again. But all of, our, all of our oils that we get are unfiltered because we like the, uh, the taste that those little bits of olives lends to the, mm. to the, to the product. So, so, and this is one that you brought, uh, yes. you brought an unfiltered, but I want to taste that, the port, that Portuguese one first that you, you want to taste the Portuguese one. You want to go right to the top. All right. Well, we're going to do huh? a vertical tasting. Let's start well, with I this thought, unfiltered. Yeah, okay. I, I, all right. I, let's. I think I'd like to have you try this Baena because we've worked okay. a long time. It's very unusual that, um, it has a, a, the denomination of origin from Baena. And if, and I'm looking at it for the, our, our listeners, it's, um, it's very cloudy. Yes. I mean, some people might turn their nose and say, ooh, I don't want right, to buy this olive right. oil, but it's unfiltered. It's buttery. And it's it, a c- butter color. It is a butter color, yep, right? Yep, yep. A greenish butter yes. color, right. Okay, so, so let's taste bottoms this. up. All right, now, we've got little, we have little cups of it, glug, 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 and now, wh- tell me what we do when we taste it. Well, you can roll it around in your mouth. We smell it. Mm-hmm, and smell it. 
Kind of like just tasting wine, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of let it kind of roll in our tongue and on our palate, right? Yes. Okay. Now, now, do you notice a slight tingling sensation oh, at the back of your I throat? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's oleocanthal, which has been proven to be... <coughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's been proven to be more of an anti-inflammatory than, than the COX inhibitors. If you look in oh. my readings, it's okay. got it's a really uh, good study. So I think I, I need to drink about a <laughs> cup and a half of this. <laughs> okay, um, so that's, so what what like what kind of taste? It's kind of um, you know. Well, actually, when, when I got over that the uh, the tingling in the yeah. back of my throat as I was rolling it through, it's um, I would say it was more neutral than some mm-hmm. of the oils that that I tend to you know to like. Mm-hmm. But it buttery came again in, yes. into my in um, to my yeah. taste buds. It was kind of a buttery flavor mm-hmm. that was not too fruity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit a pungent. Grassy, maybe a little, you know. Maybe it's a pungent. bit pungent, but a it's pepper, a little maybe a pepper. A little yes, peppery. Yeah. yes, yeah. But um, this has ojiblanca, piqual, and arbequina oils. That arbequina, come, arbequina oils, yeah, like, uh, olives. I know. Okay. Yeah, and then this is a, a denomination of origin only from a specific. These trees have to grow. In Baena, to be to, to be make oil. to be this oil. All right, right, now let me let me ask you: Are most olive oils single variety olives, or no? Most mix? of them are most of them are blends. Hmm. Most of them are blends. Okay. So let's go next to the um, uh, the, the another denomination of origin oil. Uh, Gata Herdes from uh, Valle del Herte in northern Spain. Um, this the main oil, the main olive in this bottle is um, the Manzanilla Casareña. And it has a different, uh, if you notice, and if you look at it, it's a bit greener. Right. I'm going to need than, to cleanse my palate oh, yeah, with a little piece sorry. of, Tony brought some bread so we can cleanse our, now you have to cleanse your palate between tastes. All right. So this is green. It's definitely green. It's very mm-hmm. clear, mm-hmm. very clear, but it's definitely greener. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. And this is northern Spain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. You like it? Mm. I like it a lot. This is very fruity. Mm-hmm. Very fruity. But also the tingle. Yeah. A bit of a Who? tingle. No, it's on it's, fire. It sneaks up on you, right? Yeah. Mm, I'm on that's, fire. That's when you know you have mm-hmm. something, you're doing something really, really good for your bod. <laughs> Really, okay. really, and, like and when I don't drink forget, scotch, no, is that not, really like I'm doing something yeah, good? It probably, too. Right? Yeah. But right. you know, you have to think about what foods you would pair this with, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this would be great to saute with. It would be great on a salad. Um, it, now, that's um, something we didn't mention, and that's the because um, you, you're dealing only in extra virgin olive mm-hmm. oils here. Um, but a lot of people who you know like to fry with olive oil, mm-hmm. they'll use one that's not extra virgin because the burning points uh, higher. You, you know, it's I'm a purist, mm-hmm. and so, I I, hear that. I don't want to have anything that might even uh, you know slightly have a tinge of some kind of chemical extraction. And the ones that aren't every extra time you virgin go you down, think are. Yes, every time you go down a bit from extra virgin, there's always a chance that there's been a chemical introduced to to extract the okay. oil. All right. So you have to be really careful. All right. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because um one of my friends and and uh, preeminent uh Italian a writer on Italian foods, uh Faith Willinger. She once said, she said if you've got good olive oil, 
and she teaches up in a, a class up in um, just outside of Luca mm-hmm. in Carmignano, mm-hmm. and uh, was there with. We had a flight of, of, of olive oil to taste it. I can't drill it through people's heads enough. If you've got good olive oil, use it for everything. Bingo. If you've got it, use it Bingo. to fry in. Use it to yes. you know to dress yeah. your you know popcorn with. Use it to do everything. Exactly. With. I've done like all those things with it. And the thing to do is to just you want to just do your if you want to saute in it, you just go up to the little bit above the smoke. As soon as it starts to smoke mm-hmm. and shimmer, that's when you want to start putting you know your your pork. Chop in or your your fish or whatever. I've, and I've got my one just, bottle there that I use for everything, and then of course I'll have some of the yeah. you know the higher price special stuff that I'll just. It was the with. Arabs, um, the Moors in Spain that discovered the the frying in olive oil. Hmm. No one did it before them. Wow! And then so that's, that's that you know it, it's that crust that the olive oil puts on stuff that you saute mm. that is what makes it so wonderful. Okay, I'm getting hungry here and we're, we're running out of time. I got to chase, I want to chase this, okay. this one really special one you brought. Um, yes, this is. <laughs> They're all special. Yes, but. <laughs> they are. But here's uh, the Portuguese oil. Yes, the Portuguese. Uh, Cabasal das Nogueres. Don't ask me to repeat that. And okay. this is a blend of Gallega. Cobrancosa, which grows only, this oil grows, this olive grows only in Portugal, and um, Arbequina and Cornicabra. And these, uh, this oil won the world prize mm. in the green fruity category. Oh, wow. Fruity, but, but peppery too. Fruity, mm. fruity and peppery at the same time. Whereas the other one I would say was more fruity, not peppery. This one, mm-hmm. this tastes like it's fresh pressed right off the tree. And it's got to be last year's oil. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. This is amazing. Really incredible. Yep. And <clears throat> this you'll be able to buy at, at Ferry Pretty. You know, it, it, we just landed some uh, last week, so that you'll you'll be able to see this Fresh at Ferry. So these. So look for Cabasau das Nogueras. 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 Okay. Portuguese. Yeah, well, look for a Portuguese, <laughs> a Portuguese, a Portuguese olive oil uh, at Fairway, and you'll know yes. it's going to be Tony's yep. olive oil it, yep. because it's delicious, and I can't wait to have some of these oils. These are really an eye-opener, uh, you know, from just usual the usual standard stuff that you find at your supermarket. Try to branch out a little bit. Try to find something else. And Shall Linda, we? thank you for having me, and I bought you a bottle of Baena. Oh, for of the buttery, unfiltered, yes. wonderful stuff. Yes, that that was go. great. Oh, thank you so much, Tony. You're welcome. It has been a real pleasure and an education as well. My and pleasure. And I hope that um, our listeners have learned a, a thing or two, and they can go to Fairway and find these, and hopefully you'll have them in other markets as, as well soon. So we look forward to having you back again sometime. I would learn about love more. to. All right? I would love to. It's an again. endless subject. I'm sure. Okay. And there's so much we didn't talk about. Yes. But we'll have to tune in again to A Taste of the Past. I'm Linda Palaccio. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. <laughs>